So hey, while we have a wombat test subject, no actual wombats are harmed in the recording of this podcast. You make me use that timer and some might be. Someday. Also, we may have an animal or two coming through, which is about par for the course in the house. And while we use adult language and may occasionally say adult things, this is not supposed to be an explicit podcast, but parental guidance is suggested. We swear a lot. A lot. A lot. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 12. Woo! So we're going to do letters. One of the reasons we're doing that is I am about to leave for Washington, D.C. again because I am part of the team that is doing an audit for some FedRAMP certifications for work. This means basically two nights in a hotel and two days in front of a group of federal auditors. It's going to be fun in a very special meaning of fun, but it's not like I'm being audited by the IRS or anything like that. This is like a compliance audit and a security review. Gonna knock it out of the park. We pretty much have this down. We've been through like three practices at this point. It also means that my weekends organ or my week's organization has taken an interesting hit because all the stuff I would normally do on like a Wednesday or a Thursday right out the window and Tuesday is cut short while I drive in the afternoon up to Washington, D.C., which means I'll probably be in Richmond during rush hour. Kill me. No, don't. Don't. Don't even. Um, and uh, driving home, if I'm lucky, I will be able to leave D.C. before rush hour there, but should hit rush hour in Richmond. Right. Dead on. And the only thing worse I can think of than rush hour in D.C., as far as I'm concerned, is rush hour in Richmond, Virginia. It's horrendous because you've got like three highways, four highways converging. Have you ever driven in Chicago? I have made a, a very important attempt to never, ever, ever drive in any section of Chicago. This is the, yes, I have in fact, I realized at one point in my life that if I worked very hard, I could never drive in Chicago again. And I have tried to orchestrate my life so that that would be the case. Yes. And. Also, on the subject of driving, I also do my best not to drive while I'm in Seattle. And our friend Tina, who I always stay with when I'm there, has given me no end of shit about not driving in Seattle. Oh, what are you scared? Oh, what do you think you're going to, you know, oh, this, that, and the other. And meanwhile, she's swearing the entire time at how bad Seattle drivers are. And then she posted this infographic, which was the intersections of Seattle and these are crazy. She's looking at it and she says, so I'm looking at this. I'm beginning to understand why Kevin doesn't want to drive They look in like Seattle. Nordic runes. It's, it's, I mean, there are some parts where I firmly remember she's like, here's our exit and aiming towards a wall in an under, we were going under this like larger tunnel thing and she's like aimed at the wall and I'm thinking to myself, what the ever loving shit. And the next thing I know, boom, there's an exit there. And she's like, this is one of the hidden exits. Often buses use it, and but you have to know exactly where it is. But you can use it. But it's hidden. And I'm like, I, I but st- a wall, nah, 55 miles an hour, but st- ah, what? 
So I, I don't drive in Seattle. I try not to drive in um, Pittsburgh, although I end up driving in it every year as we enter and leave Anthrocon. And now I have to go drive in literally in downtown DC. I mean, oh. I have to I have to park my car close to DuPont Circle. I will be walking distance from Congress and the White House. I was looking at my map. I actually have to go around the circle that's the Lincoln Memorial and up past the Washington Monument to get to my hotel. This is not going to be it, this is either going to be exciting or horrifying but not fun. Yeah. Onward and upward. So, you were given a homework assignment oh wombat test subject. I was. Did you complete it? I did. You did. What did you think? Say uh, it. I... You're not going to say it. Would you like to reiterate for the nice people at home what my homework assignment was? I told Ursula to read the basics of bullet journaling at bulletjournaling.com. I myself did some reading and then I did some poking. Bulletjournal.com. Bulletjournal.com, yeah. And then I did some poking at some tech tools that I use to see how they could be adapted because I live my life in front of a computer. And so I'm again, sort of working on baking my own solution, going back to an older solution, but be that as it may. So what did you think in general? Slick website. It is a very slick website. You scroll down and there's like a blank journal on one side, and then as you scroll to the next thing, it like numbers the page. There's little animations and it like shows you little bullet things. So it's a very slickly done website. Yes. I'm impressed. Um, I'm sure that, uh, you know, it's It'll be completely outdated in five years, and we'll all be laughing at the horrible outdatedness of it because that's how websites go. But at the moment, it looks really slick. Yes. Um, it's. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's a cult. Okay. I have no idea why people get so excited over this. What happens is the bullet journal dot itself gives you all the all the basics what happens then is people get excited about how much energy they can put into creating the fancy calendar pages or their fancy weekly layout with their to-dos that's i think one of the big appeals for a large portion of the audience is that they can take some frustrated artist and spend time working on their blogs about working on your penmanship for your bullet journal and drawing the right layout and all sorts of things in a couple of reader feedback cases and we'll get to some letters later they're talking about how it, a lot of it appeals to the scrapbooking crowd oh god does it ever yes yes i i am aware that it does scrapbooking uh incidentally used to be and may still be the single largest hobby in america in terms of cash spent oh uh absolutely my cousin susan who we met this summer or you yes. met finally this summer and who i would susan if you're listening i would like to interview you one day we just haven't had a chance yet um we need to uh, are she likes she scrapbooks and okay. i watch her scrapbook and it is something that i can understand the appeal of i can understand the you know amount of effort that goes into making 
some absolutely gorgeous layouts and designs and things like that. Well, scrapbooking is one of those things where those who can do it well can do it very well. And everyone else can ruin a lot of vacation photos. Or just sheets of paper, as the case may be. Yes. Uh, I'm not going to slam on scrapbooking. I think scrapbooking takes a lot of heat for being a female-dominated profession. And if there were men's scrapbooks, they'd be called, like, dude-booking. Or (laughs) scrap-broing. It would be (laughs) scrap-broing. The scrap-bros. Now, oh... That just, that just, that goes down uh, I, some dark places. No, now I'm Googling to see if that exists. Hang on. Um, talk amongst yourselves. The upshot is whenever we talk about DIY planners at this of this type where it's a blank canvas and you draw it yourself or it's a empty notebook that you... There's are... no scrap bros. Uh-oh. Oh, man. I have all these, like, trillion-dollar ideas that I am way too lazy to do. Somebody take scrap broing and start making, like, those pre-made scrapbook pages that people who realize they don't have the design and layout skills, which, incidentally, I would not have, so I'm totally sympathetic, uh, to do, like... Do them with, like, you know, uh, mechanic tools and and uh, weightlifting and... Uh, I don't know. What's, what's a dude thing? Um, do you even scrap bro... Yes. So if anyone wants to talk to us about the potentials here, you oh my God. can comment on the webpage. You can email me directly, kevin at sunny.com. I just had a capitalism gasm. I saw that, yes. It was a hell of a thing. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. Uh, the upshot is... Let me talk about my impressions of bullet journaling. You're talking too much. Talk. Okay, this was my homework, God damn it. Um... A lot of it seems to be, it is so basic that, also there, there, okay, one complaint. Um, okay, all right, I'm just going to go through the website real quick. Okay. Rapid logging. Um, basically, they invented a catchphrase for write things down really short. <laughs> Rapid logging. Yep. Uh, the solution, and it's capitalized. It is the language in which bullet journal is written. It consists of four components, topics, page numbers, short sentences, and bullets. And then I assume when we get to some, it's things like call landlord, plan vacation, uh, dinner next month, take in laundry. Uh, I don't think we needed to have a separate phrase in caps for that. Rapid logging. Just write short crap. Um, and then there's, uh, topics, uh, there's a whole section for write a page number and a descriptive title, and then the descriptive title they give it is the date, so I don't know. Although it is actually the date, today's date when you go there, which means that the, since we are recording this on Monday, it's September 11th, which, you know, is kind of a grim page title. By the way, uh, it's also the anniversary of when I moved in with you. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. How long have we lived together? This is year nine. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, I know. Would do it again. And perhaps a third time. Um, then bullets. Rapid logging. Short form notation paired with bullets. Uh, these these are little 
code dots and X's and you put a, you put an X if you did the thing, I guess, and a little uh, greater than sign if you decided to, if you didn't get it done and needed to move it to next month, and a, uh, uh, the other direction sign if you scheduled it and now I guess don't have to think about it anymore. And you, and then it's like, you can invent your own bullet symbols. Yeah. I, and okay, I realize some people probably need permission to invent their own shorthand symbols, which is great. If you need a system that gives you permission, and some people do, and I am not slamming on that because God knows our brains need weird things. It's just, this is a lot of work for write short, for basically making a to-do list with fancy dots. And then signifiers. Okay, that's the thing. So, all right, that's little dots. And then modules. And here's the point where it screws up because it's like simply add the topics of your collections and that's in caps, but they never told you what collections were. So you're left to figure it out, which fortunately is not that difficult. Um, in the index. Yes. It's like the first few pages of the book you use as your index. And here, for example, it has uh, illustrations and then it has, you know, page numbers. Okay. That I can see is helpful. I did a sketch on page 10. I will go to the index and write 10 there. But the problem is, since you don't know what's going to be in the book, you can't, like, write the index in chronological order, or rather in alphabetical order, thereby limiting its utility as an index. If you are an index purist like I am, because an index that is not in alphabetical order, you might as well be trying to use the index and the shatter and core rules. You have memories of that. Three, three people out there just laughed hysterically, unless my friend Adam Jury is listening to this podcast, in which case he burst into tears. We love you, Adam. <laughs> okay. Um, collections that span a series of consecutive spreads are indexed as such. Topic name 5 through 10. So that's if you have a spread, or I guess your short... Uh, you're like here, Ben's birthday on this thing got a spread of pages 14 and 15. So apparently you had to rapid log a whole bunch of shit about Ben's birthday. If you're planning the party, maybe you did. Okay. I don't plan parties, so it's entirely possible that, that Ben's birthday required like dancing ponies and a clown and 15 separate hors d'oeuvre trays. In and which then... case, tell Ben to plan his own goddamn party next time. Well, and then you scrap bro about it afterwards. Yes. Scrap, bro. You're gonna yes. Make sure we it's have. It's gonna have like rust, and it's gonna smell like axe. Oh! <laughs> Easy now, dude. I'm telling you. The irony is thick with this one. Oh. Um. And they'll be like, oh, oh, the scrapbooks will be matte, tactical black, or army green, or camo. Camo. Yes, which is difficult because then you can't find your scrapbook again. Urban digital camo. Ah, there we go. Yes. You have to have you have to have the three kinds, but yes. And they'll relate to all of the the important things in a man's life, which I think are like hunting, fishing, cars, and um. That's f four. You're on three <laughs> things already. Um, women. Women. Okay. Or men, depending. On, we don't mean to. We're not. We're Scrum not judging. If you went to scrap, bro, about your uh, your your male friends and lovers, you you do a fantastic spread send us photos absolutely unless they're like explicit in which case you know just in that case just consider this a high five or a thumbs up from us and don't and we we don't need explicit probably photos. don't need to see that yes no. 
Send us the first couple pages. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> and then uh, all right, yeah, and then there's the the future log is a collection, and and the fact that they didn't ever define collections. Um, and then they're talking about how you make modules here, which are the index is a module, and the future log, which appears to be a uh, six month calendar. Um, it's just April, May, June, etc. And the monthly log, which is numbers written down a side of a page. They um, represent the days of the month, yes. And I appreciate that the image shown here includes the person who has written the little, because you're supposed to write the, the you know, uh, M-T-W-T-F-S, etc. Mm -hmm. uh, next to the, the dates. Has it has wobbled sideways over the page <laughs> and is not perfectly ruled. I actually appreciate that because you know wobbly. Uh, and then there's a daily log, which here I will give them mad points for this. Don't set up daily logs way ahead of time. Create them as you go or the night before. You never know how much space you may need any given day. Absolutely true. I approve of that 100% because God knows I would have days where I needed one line and days where I needed 50. All that said, this is, this is, uh, th this is, I don't get why people are so excited. This appears to be a to-do list with, um, different asterisks. And I think different colored ink if you want to get fancy. If you want to get fancy. Reagan, in our interview last week, uh, uses different color ink for some things, has taken it down to the bare minimum, doesn't do the whole... I mean, she has an index. She has some of the the date things, but the index I can see is 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 handy. Yeah. In the end, though, often it's just the pure. Here are the, here's a quick agenda, and here are the things that need to get done. And I can see how this would work for some people who had lots of different varieties of tasks that they had to plan out well in advance. It might even work for you. It may. Because you have lots of tasks like that that you have to plan out in advance and things like that. Uh, I only ever do, like, three things. Yeah. And I can remember all of them pretty easily. So the only reason I would do the bullet journaling is so I could, you know, feed my, my scrapbooking needs or your page layout needs yes i would be like i want i i demand a sticker i want fancy schmancy you know and there are the products is, for that yes, yes it's just that scrapbooking appears or not scrapping bullet journaling appears to be really good if you have legible handwriting which i just about have or can do calligraphy which i abandoned long ago so um and i Honestly, unless I take a little extra time and print, I do not have legible handwriting, which is why I started looking at some of the digital options or the tools I'm familiar with and how maybe I could adapt them. Yes, and I would love to see a digital bullet journaling app and people keep making things they claim are that and they keep apparently not being that. The closest is the bullet journaling app from bulletjournal.com, but that app is nothing more than essentially the book and some reminders to do your things every day. Yeah, because I looked at that at the the page about the app, and it's it's not like, here, you can do it digitally. It's like, 
you are doing it on paper, but this is a reminder. You have to pick up a pencil and turn off the thing. And it's like, you really want me to use paper. And the other thing is that... And again, this is where we go to the scrapbooking thing. People, it's like for the... They're saying, you'll have, you know, dozens of these and you can look back on them. And... Like, I, for a year or so did, you know, I was doing the, the journal pages with the, the snazzy layouts and whatnot. It wasn't even a year, but yes. Yes, it was over a year. I did math. Yes, it was. Because I put out one book, and I had enough for a second book, and I didn't get around to doing it. So it was uh, almost two years. Did you? Yeah. For the po- Not for the podcast, though, because we, we haven't even been doing this six months. I'm talking about the journal pages. I oh, did those the... journal pages. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, 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 uh, The... Like, the thing where I'm talking about, you know, there were pipevine swallowtail caterpillars today, and it's raining, and I have drawn a chicken. I kind of want to go back and look at that. But then I look at the examples they have here. I see no reason five years from now I'm going to want to pick one of these up and go, Oh, look. I crossed Get Laundry off my list five years ago. <laughs> so unless you're going to do the snazzification and have an art object, why would you bother to go back and look at it and save it? Because they're really into save these things. You know, you can always go back and look. And it's it's like, okay, there's some things like, you know, write down your inspiration thing or you had a brilliant idea. Like, for example, scrap growing. I would write that down in my, my bullet journal and there's a little thing with an exit. You can use an exclamation point. Yeah. To, to note it. and But I would have so much book to get through to find the little exclamation point that said scrap growing. Now... So this is not a good use case for me. No, it's not a good use case for you. For freelancers, for the types of people who are constantly beset by ideas and want to go back and find those ideas, I would love to hear our friend Daniel Solis, who is a game designer and seems to come up with a new game idea every other day. And I'm sure he can't design them all in before the next idea comes. But for someone like that, who is constantly coming up with something new or different types of games or variations on themes like that it may be very useful to say okay i remember i came up with something like this two years ago let's go back and look at the journal if you are taking notes in meetings that you will have to refer to later like i have notes from meetings on this FedRAMP project that i took two years ago that i occasionally have to go back and reference mostly to tell people that, yes, we discussed this two years ago and here's the decision we came to and why. Are we going to rethink it? And I could certainly see that for I had an amazing idea. Let me let me write that down. But honestly, that's what I use Twitter for. <laughs> like, I woke up the other day from a dream and I had an amazing story idea in my dream where if you had a time machine that could only collect very small things, you could make a fortune by going back and collecting sperm from the original foundation studs of the thoroughbred line that got off in Arabian. And uh, this is called, I read a lot of Marguerite Henry as a child and I don't know, ate cheese before my nap or something. And um, I woke up going... People would pay a fortune for, you know... Sergey, please no. Thoroughbreds oh. are so inbred. People would pay scads of money for that. And um, But I just told Twitter about it. I didn't have to, you know... Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm going to remove the cat from the room. Well, I was thinking that all that being said, then, I guess you don't want to try actual bullet journaling. Fine, I'll try it for you because I love you. Okay. And also because that's, you know, the test subject part of the job. Yes, there is that. And now that you have extracted the cat and you have your homework before next episode, please don't throw anything across the room. We can take a break. I will go feed the cat so he stops trying to assault us while we're recording. And here's some, two more cats in here now. So that a leak needs, somewhere. That needs to be taken care of. And when we come back, we'll read some letters from listeners and discuss a couple things that they bring up. Okay. And we're back. We're going to do letters, so no fancy interview. Let's start with this bit from Jennifer. Found the podcast through some sort of algorithm in Google Play because I was gobbling up other productivity and coaching blogs. I don't know if I'm a coaching blog yet, but cool. You can totally coach. I could, but to do it officially and professionally, there's like certifications and crap. Are there? Yeah. I'll show them to you later. Yeah. Wait, you mean people who are, like, life coaches have to get, like, a thing to be a life coach? Yeah, uh, well, if you're looking for a life coach, you should look for one who is certified and trained, yes. But who does the certification? There are associations of life coaches and psychologists who maintain a set of standards. Well, I have learned a thing today. Just like we do in IT or other things. Started on episode six, and it took me a minute to figure out that the wombat test subject it was the wombat who also resists <laughs> well hi ursula ordering off to potico soon because i need a unitarian dodo on my wall yay i share kevin's obsessions with bags backpacks briefcases messenger bags laptop bags and purses maybe kevin do doesn't do purses Merses. kevin would do purses in a heartbeat in fact he has several that they're man purses they're they're small bags that could be qualified as purses or purses. If I had it on, it would be a a purse. Yeah. Planners, paper, organizational systems. Oh, boy, that is one of my weaknesses. I haven't made it to episode 7 yet, caught up on 1 through 5, and I'm wondering how you feel about paper. Printouts or uh, printouts and inserts are all well and good, but if you really want to geek out on planners, then you need to think about whether your planner pages are going to have fountain pen bleed through or if they're sturdy enough to avoid that. Oh, God, I did a whole thing when I was trying to print planner pages, and I wound up having to get, like, the, the hammer mill, the stuff that was, like, the card, not, I think it was card stock, and it was, like, but not the super card stock, but right. the heavyweight bright so that... It was just dense enough that it didn't bleed through, but not so dense that it jammed the the majigger, the puncher. The puncher. The punch, hole puncher, yeah. Yes. Uh, I currently have a 
Lecterm 1917 that I'm using as a bullet journal, but have had a years-long love affair with all paper goods from Claire Fontaine. Those, yeah, those are, that's some paper. Oh my god. My current letter-writing stationery is Rodeo, which is also lovely paper. I usually think of these pages as something I'm going to write on, and I'm going to either dispose of, if it's like schedule pages and not notes, or I'm going to put in another notebook somewhere. Yeah, I worry about bleed-through, which is why I've kind of adjusted the pen I use for my planner. Uh, I'm using the Erasable Frisions from Pilot, uh, yes. which I do love. An erasable pen that actually erases, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, and now they have a couple different models where you can click them and they're not just take off the top. And I saw this year's school supplies and it was it was a dangerous, dangerous dark place. <laughs> uh, also, let's see from Jennifer, Midori Traveler's Notebooks and System. So these are pretty cool. I looked these up. Uh, if you DIY your Midori, Fodori, then you get Art Plus Craft Plus Journal Planner. Midori makes inserts that are blank or formatted to be calendars or notebooks or whatever. Are these are these the little ones that are sort of weirdly rectangular and they go in like almost like a little leather like thing and you tie a string that around has it? a that has a, a strap. Yeah. 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 Uh, Midori makes inserts that are blank or formatted to be calendars or notebooks or whatever. More than a simple bullet journal and money, but nowhere near Franklin Covey's status. This is very true. They can be a little trendy right now too, so prices are a little higher. Since Ursula the Lapsed Catholic is obsessed with confessional and guilt, perhaps you should include a confessional section for yourselves or for your listeners. I could offer up the classic. I confess I counted today and I have no fewer than seven completely untouched personal and a 5 size notebooks just awaiting the perfect use, and yet I covet more. I'm with you, sister. I'm with you. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I don't think we can say go forth and sin no more, my child, on this one. This is, uh, you know... Uh, it's, it's, it, would you and Kevin like to form a support group? I mean... Uh, we wouldn't be the only ones. We if really if you lived in Troy, they could have just brought up a giant notebook with the Greek soldiers inside. Kind of, yeah. You would have had that thing through the gates before the, the flaps were closed. <laughs> if Ursula ever grows weary of her role as Wombat test subject, heaven forfend, and you need a co-host who's willing to geek out with you about all things paper and writing and journaling and planning and productivity, holler this way, we could wax on about daily routines. There is a line building, you know, to replace you. <laughs> Were you aware of that? I was not aware of that. Wow. Uh, yeah. Okay, thank you, Jennifer, for writing. And There's you... like five things I could say, and all of them are obscene. Kinda, yeah. Um, I hope none of them can cook. If they can cook, <laughs> I might be in danger. So, a couple of the notebooks and systems that Jennifer talks about, uh, the Midori, which I think is, if... If you want to go that way, I can see nothing wrong with it. It's not really for me. I am constantly afraid that the little elastic strap or whatever is going to give and I'm going to lose a notebook or I'm going to pull it out and pieces are going to go everywhere. I already have that sort of concern with the disc bound every so often. So they're not for me, but I can see people who would really go ape over it. And hold on, let me see now. Uh, one... Two, no, that wait. reminds me, what am Two, I supposed three, to be four, bullet journaling five, six, in? Seven. Well, you can use just straight paper, or you can use you can use blank paper, you can use dot grid is what they suggest. I've actually kind of been looking for a way to print dot grid paper. 
you can also there are printable prefab preformatted pages if you want. Okay, so I should just go get a notebook. Yeah, it's not like we have any dearth of notebooks around the house. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, from Anita. I really love Productivity Alchemy. It's so interesting to hear about different styles of organization and productivity. Yay. Not that we've done that many different ones yet, but we're All working on All the interviews, the lots of people. That's true, that's true. I am another of those who might actually try bullet journaling after hearing you talk about it. I think all my friends that are into it are more about being pretty and making it like a scrapbook. And so I always thought another thing I have no time for. But what you've talked about sounds actually useful. I think uh, I'm, I'm increasingly thinking that uh, if you have the kind of task list or, or workflow that needs like a, an indexed to-do list, I guess. It might be very handy, but I can also see why people uh, expend scrapbooking energy on it. Mm -hmm. I have also been intrigued by some of the things you've mentioned about OneNote. My colleague just got me into it last year, and we worked together to make some really useful resource pages, books for our team there. Now I'm thinking that it could do so much more for us than either she or I or our manager realize. If you do focus more on OneNote sometime, I really want to share it with them so we can be more efficient. So we've touched on OneNote in the past. And looking at bullet journaling, I can almost see using OneNote with its handy little status flags or to-dos or whatever as a form of bullet journal. The right plugin on Windows, you have to be on Windows for this. Specifically, I believe it's the OneTastic plugin set that I use. And you could have it auto-generate your index or things like that. So You could also probably make Evernote do it. You probably could. I think this is... I suspect bullet journaling is one of those things where... Um, everyone has a program they are comfortable with. You could make Word do it if you wanted to, if, if Word right. was your life. Um, you know, uh, I know people whose life is Excel, and so it's all in Excel. Yeah, uh, there's, there's you often, a, someone said that there was a program that people, that is, that is what they work in, is that program. Right. And I think you, this is probably a flexible enough system, as snarky as I'm being about it, that you could, whatever program you were in, that you were comfortable with, you could make work because I think being comfortable with the program you're doing it in is probably more important than, I mean, you could have the best program in the world and if you're not comfortable with using it, it doesn't do you jack good. So, yeah, very true. I know Evernote's very flexible. It's just not very comfortable. I should get rid of it because frankly, once as soon as they had a word for the iPad, I stopped using it entirely. Yeah. Thank you for this and for your work on KUEC and Hidden Almanac. Aw. Sometimes when I'm panicking, I just listen to the little Reverend Mord outro sentence over and over. Oh, I'm glad we're able to, to entertain and be educational. Wow. Um, I'm, I'm glad we, I'm glad it helps. We, we God absolutely. knows we are all in this together. And yes, we all you. are. Uh, Maggie would like to see an episode about the GTD, that's Getting Things Done system. I've just started using an app based on the ToDo TXT format and could use some tips. Okay, so we haven't talked about ToDo TXT yet. 
sounds like a program. It kind of is. So the idea behind TodoTXT is that you have everything as a flat text file on your computer. Just you open up a text file and you put in the date, whether it's part of a project, when it's due, and then you add the next line. And there's a couple... If you're on Unix or Mac, there are command line tools to make it really easy. So you can just bring up a command line and say to do space thing, to do add thing, and it fills in like the date and other tidbits. You can do to do list and it'll show you your list of to do's. And then you can actually say to do space do space and then the number on the list and it marks it done. Because it's flat text, you can use it anywhere. You can use it on Windows, you can use it on Mac, you can use it on, you know, your phone. There are programs out there to bring it into your phone. It sounds like notes. It kind of is notes. It's really, really stripped down and like the ultimate and portable. It also lends itself very well to other systems. You could probably bullet journal with this very easily. You certainly can use it for the getting things done, the system, not just the generic getting things done. And I think that more than talking about the program, because the program's pretty awesome, and I used it for quite a while, because I can also take it and open it up in any text editor anywhere, make the changes, save it, done. It, it isn't just I have to use the little command line. When we get into our broader discussion of getting things done, which we really need to do, we'll probably do that after bullet journaling, we can talk more about the process and a little more about some of the apps around that space because there are a lot of apps. This, prior to bullet journaling, the system that everybody was gaga for and was all, I mean, probably a good decade of GTD is the way to go. And so we, and it's a good system. I'm not saying it's a, a bad system. I used it very effectively for a while. So we can talk more about, we'll, we'll talk more about its its pros and cons, its strengths and weaknesses, and see what you think about it, poke, poke, eh. when we get there. After we're done with bullet journaling. Right, right. Is this involving me reading a book? No. I will not make you read the book. I, I listened to the audiobook. I didn't actually read the book book because I was in the middle of it. It was a time when I had the really long commute from here to Research Triangle Park. And so I was able to knock the book out in like four days, right? Just listening to some on the way into work, listening to some on the way home, listening to more on the way in. And for a commute where I'm like regularly taking it and it's practically autopilot, I can do audiobooks. Otherwise, I really can't do audiobooks. So. I, yeah, I, I can only do them when I'm driving. I Partly because I'm deaf as a post, but also I just do not process audio very well. Um, yeah. If somebody sits and... There, I ummed. If somebody sits and <laughs> lectures at me, my brain goes numb. Um, I have to... This is why I freaking hate watching videos. Everyone, watch this YouTube video for how to do it. No, just give me a page of text I can look at with diagrams or even just text. I just... I don't want to watch a video. Sorry. Yeah. Old rant. Go on. Anyway, um, so there I... I think that's for this episode. So Maggie, we will talk about GTD. We will certainly cover all of the points that will be, I would hope, helpful. And then... Well, I doubt we'll cover all the points that would be helpful, but we'll, we'll try to do some of the helpful no, points. No, no. But the other thing is that for 2DoTXT, 
with that one, my only advice is find the app that you're comfortable with or works on your platform. There are so many apps out there. It was that was one of the great things about it is there it's since it's completely open source, people are adding on to it, people are creating their own apps, it's well supported across all the platforms. So find the app that you're comfortable with and work from there is my thought. Let's see, Pam has written in to say, ah, so I have a learning disability, dyslexia, that makes remembering passwords difficult. You are not the only one. Neither it, of us happens to suffer it, but we have had, we have- We have friends Yeah, and, my uh, ex-husband, serious uh -huh. dyslexic. Uh, that makes remembering passwords difficult or if they are just random characters, forget it. I end up having to write them down or use ones that are simple for me to remember, but drives my IT folks nuts because they are often things like words. Words that have meaning to me and may be hard to guess if you're sitting as, uh, at a keyboard typing away, but words nonetheless. IT departments are nuts about that. Is there anything that allows people with learning disabilities like me help us with our passwords? There is, uh, is there other assistance software items out there? What is there for me? One thing, this just came out recently. Yes. Words are fine. Yeah. The guy who invented all of those password standards is like, that was idiotic. I shouldn't have done it. People went, took it completely wrong. I was wrong. Words are just fine. Um, in fact, I think, was it XKCD? XKCD is a fantastic, that, yeah. Yeah, it'll take 500 years to crack, you know, a, a three words like, you know, silky horse panties. But right. Right. Whereas it'll take two days to crack a string of numbers. Uh, an eight-character string of, quote-unquote, random string of letters, numbers, and special characters. Yeah, so I would say, come up with, uh, make passwords up that, you know, like, okay, we, don't use silky horse panties, but... We, so in, in the IT industry, I call, we often talk about passphrases versus passwords, and to make them easier to remember, uh, XKCD has the thing with a mnemonic, which may be more difficult if you are dyslexic, but XKCD has had that. The um, EFF has a thing called password dice, and you roll the dice, it comes up with a number, you cross-reference that number against sets of words, like four dice gives you four words, and it's completely random, so it's just, you know, Bob space, uh, booby space, raven space, penguin. And that's your Kevin passphrase. Kevin was looking at random art on the walls to get those, which is why we got, uh, although interestingly enough, they were all birds except for Bob. I don't know. In fact, Bob is, in fa is also at the Bob White Quail or that's... birds. You got four birds in there. Oops. No, no, that's great. I'm trying to cover for the fact that you have boobies on your wall, dude. Just take it. You bought that painting for me. Uh, yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the other option, if you're allowed, is a password vault. And there are three, and I, uh, we had someone else write in, and I wrote to them privately about this. So I'm basically going to be going over it again, but that's cool because I think everybody ought to, ought to be reminded about this. There are three really good, well-respected in the industry password vaults. The first is LastPass, which is completely cloud-based, which 
stores you can have it has a random password generator it stores them in the vault your private password passphrase is the only thing that can unlock that vault yes they were hacked i want to say a year or two ago they were not at risk because they didn't store your encryption key or your passphrase so your passphrase gets turned into the encryption key which can then be which is then unlocks it they don't store any of that they just store the encrypted data so even though and they came out with the thing and said okay now here we're going to make it really easy to change all of your passwords since there's been a breach they were actually really good about handling the breach much better than Equifax who took how long to get back to us and are still you know jerking people around about it so I really like LastPass that's the one I use it also integrates really well with phones and multiple kinds of desktops. I use it on Linux, I use it on Windows, I use it on Mac. The second option is 1Password. Same sort of thing, password vault encrypted. It doesn't sync by default. It keeps it locally, and you have a choice of paying them for the privilege of synchronizing your passwords using their servers, or do it yourself with something like Dropbox or... OneDrive or something like that. I used 1Password for a while. It was not quite as cleanly integrated into things as LastPass. And it at the time, they didn't have built-in sync, so you had to like set up your Dropbox and you had to set all this stuff up. And then I started to work for a company that says you cannot use Dropbox on work machines, and then the whole thing fell apart. So, but reasonably good. The third option is something called KeePass. KeePass is open source. KeePass does not sync. It is possibly the most secure of the bunch, but it's a pain to carry your password wallet around. You have to keep it either on your phone or you have to make copies of the password file around and keep them in sync and all that. I do use that for some very high secure specific things. And I have a couple extra, there are a couple really nice security options on it. And if you want the most secure, that's the one to go with. The advantage of all three of these is you only have to technically remember one passphrase, and that's the passphrase to unlock your vault. If you Once you unlock your vault, it can autofill into your browser with the right plugin. You can look up what it is. I like that um, in the case of LastPass, it integrates with a fingerprint sensor on my Pixel so that I don't have to try to fat, fat finger, literally, I have these giant thumbs. I don't have to try to type my reasonably complex passphrase in with my thumbs and it takes me four tries to get it in every time. I can just, when I'm not traveling, enable the fingerprint sensor and go, okay, there's my vault. There's a security hole there, I realize, which is why I turn off the fingerprint sensor whenever I'm going somewhere so that people can't just take my finger, force it on the phone and unlock everything. So there's and that. And in Shadowrun, they chop your hand off. That's also a possibility. Yeah. You know, a, a true actor. But those are the three programs that I recommend to everybody, depending on the amount of work and complexity you want into your security. Silky horse baddies. Also, going back to Pam's note, also, I love the show. I am planning on trying some of the methods you were reviewing in my personal life. Yay. I am super organized while at work, but once it's not work-related, it all goes to shit. Preaching. Preach it. Preach it. Can I get an amen? Amen! Um, I also happen to agree with your test, Wombat. It's a cult. (laughs) 
By the way, my mother loves the Hidden Almanac. Yay! We plan to go as Pastor Drum and Reverend Ward for Halloween. Aww. Thank you for your time and the entertainment. Wow. That is... Seeing people cosplay as your stuff is like the... the I know. It's, it's a thing. The, at Bubonic Con, there were, there were people mm -hmm. cosplaying as us. Well, the Drum and Ward. It was... Yes. Here is... Um, Alyssa, who is pointing out that uh, they also have a problem with forgetting to eat, partly because of enigmatic health issues that mean eating tends to be followed by pain and sickness, and partly because I don't keep schedules. Oh, my problem is I have schedules that aren't completely under my control, so some days I can eat when at noon like a normal person. Sometimes I don't get out of meetings until 2.30, 3 o'clock, and then I just grab something light so that I've got, you know, I'm not like... Like, at least Late. three days a week, I just go out and come back with lunch. Yeah. One thing I've done in the past is to pre-prepare little meals to keep in the fridge so that when I'm when I'm feeling hungry, I can just grab something and heat it up. We kind of will do the same thing, but with canned goods and frozen stuff, I should not eat quite so many of those because they're salty and sugary and not good for me, but... Some days it's just run out, grab a can of ravioli, throw it in the microwave, throw in some cheese, and get back to work. We could probably do a lot better about pre-making healthier things we could. you could eat. We could. Yes. Otherwise, I wait until I'm starving, and then lunch tends to be a block of hard cheese with salsa and Earl Grey tea at four in the afternoon. Preach it. Yep. Get some popcorn-sized containers and put together a little homemade frozen dinners, but less blah. It's amazing how much better it feels to have honest-to-goodness food in the middle of the day. I absolutely agree. The days where Ursula goes out and gets like, Today you brought me food from Angelina's Greek kitchen. Absolutely fantastic. Nice, you know, a nice big falafel on pito with real fresh vegetables locally grown it's it's all yeah. super organic super super local and most places you know say made with love and just sling the hash angelina i swear is like whispering you will thrive <laughs> at the food she is she really is a a truly lovely human being she gave me a cupcake and told me how proud she was of me and i you know got a little stiffly so on the days where I have a real meal and it's not just run out, grab something to put fuel in and keep going, I do feel better. Uh, today was no exception. I was feeling a little blah. Get that falafel in me. Get that, oh, her homemade hummus and that toasted, those toasted pita points. And I was able to get through at least until, I want to say about 4.30 when I started to drift off again. So... There's that. And it sounds ridiculous, but eating first thing in the morning helps too. Eating an actual breakfast, the days where I have more than a cup of coffee are usually better than the days I don't. And the days I actually sit down with yogurt and I'm doing yogurt and muesli in the mornings right now. Just a bowl of cereal with yogurt on top of it, dry cereal with yogurt on top of it. I don't know why it makes, well, I guess I do know why, because it's better than starving my body out with nothing but caffeine it's it's so. hard for me to eat breakfast in the morning um i like many people i feel vaguely nauseated at the prospect of solid food usually i can i can wolf down a power bar if i have enough coffee to wash it down yeah. um and that's still better than not eating at all which is something yeah. i am oh i often do it all the time yeah. like 
I I think I've eaten even a power bar once this week, you know? Otherwise, it's like three, four hours, and I'm like, eh, I should eat a food. You should. Yeah. So that is... Wow. We, um, we read a lot of letters, so... Not all the letters. I still have ten more sitting here Maybe. to read as we go on, but since we're getting close to about half hour of reading letters, it's probably about time to take a break for this one. Okay. We will have more letters on future episodes. If you have questions, do write in. We read them. He Absolutely. reads them. I read them. I read every last one of them. And so... And when you say nice things, he wanders around the house in a daze going, Oh my God, it, people said they liked the show and it helped and, and <laughs> whoa. And I what? I'm confused and, and happy and blissful about it. So thank you to Jennifer, Anita, Maggie, Pam, and Alyssa for writing in. Thank you, by the way, to people at Bubonicon uh, who came up and... Uh, did we thank the, the Bubonicon people? Did we do that on KUC or do we... Do, I know we did it on KUC. I don't know if we thanked like Lydia and and, uh, and Reagan and everyone. Well, I Reagan was my interview yeah, last yeah, week, but, so absolutely. But thank you for... Yeah, thank everyone who came up at Bubonicon whose names we remember and don't remember. Yeah, Hannah. Hannah. But the one specifically we talked about, like, productivity alchemy, not just... You that know, was people. Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, no, I think Lydia was... Anyway, anyway, the yeah. point is, thank you all. You're all wonderful. It was awesome. No, I, I specifically did an interview with Reagan. Uh, I know yes. Lydian listens, and I'm pretty sure there's a recent letter from Lydian in here, too, that will catch up uh, another Hi, future episode. <laughs> so, thank you, everyone, for writing in. I hope that's helpful. And as we move forward, we will read more letters. And now let's take a short break. Welcome back. I am, again, thankful to everyone who wrote in, especially this week, Alyssa, Pam, Maggie, Anita, and Jennifer, whose letters we read on air, and I hope we were able to answer your questions. Or at least reassure you that we will hopefully get to that thing you are interested <laughs> in in the future. You should uh, totally do a bag show. you got the bag obsession I going. do have the bag obsession, and I should, we will probably talk about it, because poor Athena Scalzi, John Scalzi's daughter was like my bag broke and she showed a photo and I was like let me tell you about bags and she followed me briefly I haven't checked to see if she still follows me after <laughs> my long impassioned. impassioned here are the bag brands that will get you through including the the kind of Timbuktu bag that went to Africa with me and has been all over the world with me and the only reason I had to stop carrying it is because my back doesn't like bags with single straps anymore so that's another show that's a whole other show yes this week's badge code for those of you playing along at home with the open badges is scrap bro all one word all caps c bleh. try that again all one word all caps s c r a p b r o <laughs> And if you're interested in actually making Scrap Bro, 
talk to us because I'm pretty sure one we have ideas and two we don't have time. We so don't someone have time. Else should do it. We'll license the idea for cheap. <laughs> for cheap. <laughs> anyway, we will be back next week. I hope to have I, there are a couple people I'm going to see in DC that I hope to get an interview with. So I've got my interview kit here with my two little portable throat mics, one which is apparently a different pickup parameter than the other. So I don't know. And we'll sort that out as we also tune the audio and things like that. But there are a couple people I want to interview, especially one of my coworkers who is big with Franklin Covey and the Franklin Covey planner method. Ecosystem. Ecosystem. He's doing it digitally with Outlook. So oh. uh, it's an interesting, interesting take. And there's also a couple project managers who I wouldn't mind getting an interview with. So we'll see what happens on that. Again, thank you, thank you everyone for listening. You can write me at kevin at sunny.com. Put productivity alchemy in the header. Spell you can, sunny form. S-O-N-N-E-Y. You can comment. There's a comment form on the website that you can use. There is also, you can tweet at me at K-S-O-N-N-E-Y. When you follow I'm Not All Productivity, this is just your warning because I am <laughs> opinionated about many things. And so I tend to retweet and like things that come across. They may be weird. They may be exceedingly liberal. But I do my best to entertain. So there's that. You can follow me, but it has nothing to do with productivity. <laughs> no, not really. It might be about, you know, using a time machine to sell horse sperm. So... Or in my case earlier, taking you and Sean and McGuire to visit the cornfields at, what was it, Satan's? Satan's something. Satan's something in Massachusetts. Yes. Yes. Thank you for listening. We will see you next episode. You need a catchphrase. I don't know what to do for a catchphrase. We'll f I'll figure something out eventually. Make a bullet journal note. Think of catchphrase. All right. I'll do go do that. <laughs>